Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank podcast. We love God, love people, and love our city. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org. Good morning, Every Nation. So glad to be with you. I'm going to talk to you today about amazing grace, about the urgency and the passion to make him known, to bring the kingdom, to share Jesus, to bring what is inside of us, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to people around us. And today I'm going to take you to one of the most incredible stories, one of my favorite stories in the book of Acts, and just take you through the, this, this moment. It's actually three scenes and, and one precursor that just speak of how we are called to live and how God wants us to, to live and move and have our being. So the background to the story in Acts 16 is that the gospel has come to Asia and the gospel has actually gone to Africa as well in Acts chapter 8. But now the gospel is coming to Europe. And we pick up in Acts 16, it says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Marcia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding, some versions say, deducing that God had called us to preach to them. So firstly, grace for purpose. What's so interesting is that they encountered resistance. They tried to enter into the one province, tried to enter into the other. Spirit of Jesus resists them. Things did not work out the way they had planned according to their best intentions. But I love the response. They don't have an existential crisis. They don't start doubting their, their identity. And they don't start doubting the purpose of God on their lives. They knew their purpose. Their purpose was to make God known. To proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. To get out there and do the things they were called to do. And um, you know, a number of years ago when I started running with the secular running crew. And uh, there were about maybe 10 of us running at, at one particular time. And uh, they said to me, so Roger, what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. Um, I've, I've ma made my answer more sophisticated. Probably about four different answers when that question is asked. And one of them is still, I'm a pastor. But it was like I dropped a stink bomb in the midst. It was like this group just like dissipated like a hand grenade. But this is reality. I kept going with the purpose that God had given to me to be part of this running crew. And that was to share the gospel. And I love the way Paul and, and his companions, they weren't dissuaded. They weren't discouraged. They didn't even say God had told us. They just said, we concluded. We deduced that God was telling us to go to Macedonia after receiving resistance and after not being able to go into certain places. And I love what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, for the love of Christ controls us. Love of Christ controls us. In the New King James, it says, compels us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he who died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Paul is in awe of what Jesus has done. He's in awe of God's love. He's in awe of God's amazing grace, that, that one died for all. And because of that awe, because of what Jesus has done, it says God's love compels him or God's love controls him. Dr. Michael Yusuf said the following, being continuously awed 
by God's grace should be the lifestyle of every disciple of Jesus Christ. In other words, we should be living in such a way we are full of thankfulness. We are full of awe. We are full of gratitude. We're looking at God and saying, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for taking away our sins. Thank you that one died for me, that I can have relationship with the Father. And everyone is included. And no one is left out. There's, there's no sin that is too great. There's no elect. There's no criteria. The gospel is for all and there's grace for all. And so Paul and his disciples are compelled by the grace of God. They controlled. Control definition is the power to influence or direct people's behavior or course of events. And, and compel is to bring about something by the use of force or pressure. Literally to force something to go in a particular direction. And it's almost unthinkable that, that grace would compel us or control us. Like that, that it fits into the same sentence. But if you found a cure for cancer, it would be inconceivable for you to hide it. If, if you found the cure for COVID, it would be just wrong that you don't share it. And so too with, with Paul and, and his companions, the love of God is compelling them and they're pressing on. And when we are in the purpose of God, there's grace. Even though there might be difficulties, even though people might not receive us, we run with purpose. So they arrive in Europe, Philippi to be specific, Acts 16 verse 13. So this is the scene, first scene. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a, a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer of purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and her members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. And she said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at our home. And she persuaded us. Paul and his companions go to a place where they think there might be religious people. People who are reaching out for God, maybe poorly, but reaching out for God. And what does Paul do? He speaks, he shares, he persuades. There is life and death in the power of our tongue. There are worlds that we create when we speak. Faith and hope arises when we use our tongue to speak of the goodness of God, to share of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and we're called to raise our children to do this. We are called to do it ourselves. We are called to seize the moments that, that are put before us. We are called to intentionally come into situations being ready to speak. Again, my running crew, I go into every run that I go, go with these guys with conversations in my head. I'm ready to talk about certain things, might be political, might be business, might be whatever, but I know where it's going to go and it's going to go to a conversation about Jesus, about the gospel. We are called to use our tongues, use our lips, use our words. Faith arises as we speak about Jesus. And it says that the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. All we need to do is proclaim. Proclaim the gospel. Proclaim the goodness of God. And it is God who opens the hearts of people. As we speak, the Holy Spirit moves and softens hearts. So we don't have to persuade. We don't have to argue. All we need to do is talk about God's plan and God's love and God's heart. Thirdly, graceful power. So having led Lydia to the Lord and, and discipled her and her family, baptized her, 
we continue in Philippi and it says, once when we were going to the place of prayer, still in the city, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned and he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. We have grace for purpose. We have grace for proclamation. And we have grace for power. 1 Corinthians 14 says we should, we should pursue love. Always pursue love. But we should also go after the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially that we might prophesy. God confirms the preaching of his word by signs and wonders. Sometimes it goes that way and sometimes it goes the other way. Sometimes the signs and wonders come first and then we preach. But we are called to come with power. Our responsibility is to seek God, is to seek for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That as we go into environments, as we meet with people, God gives us a word of knowledge. God gives us a word of wisdom. When they're sick, we say to them, can I pray for you? And there's a gift of healing. This is what we are called to do. We are called to bring in the kingdom with power. Demons are meant to flee and demons do flee as, as, as we command them. People are healed as we lay hands on them. And we see miracles, signs and wonders everywhere. This is what we are called to do. We are called to bring the kingdom. And it's not just about food and drink, but it's about power. Let's trust God for more signs, for more miracles as we go out there. Thirdly, sorry, fourthly, grace for perseverance. So after this has happened, there's an uproar. It says, when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas. And the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer commanded the guard to watch them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stock. So their clothes had been ripped off them. They've been beaten severely. And now they're locked with their feet. Then it says, at about midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flung open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted out, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. So he brought them out and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Incredible. And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his household. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his whole household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before him. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Such an incredible story of Paul and Silas suffering for the gospel, of them enduring, 
of them persevering, of them sacrificing, of them paying back good in the face of evil through their lives, through their generosity, through just that simple thing, people were saved. People were transformed. You know, I recently went down to Belito with Nicola and uh, it was a good time in the word and prayer and had some good swims. And, and on the last day, we came out at about five o'clock in the evening as the sun was setting. I was barefoot. Nicola had her flip-flops on. And as we came out um, onto the boardwalk, we saw this whole pod of whales come past. It was unbelievable. It was close and I'd never seen so many whales. Probably in my life I've seen one whale at a time. A whole pot of whales and, and we started following them. And we walked and it was just so thrilling and, and we were loving it. And eventually a school of dolphins or a pot of dolphins came the other way. It was this holy traffic jam of, um, of, 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 of all these creatures, all these mammals. And anyway, we carried on following the whales and we walked for miles. Eventually we got to Zimbali and the, the whales went around the corner. And we looked around and we saw how far we had gone. And uh, the day before when Nicola had gone for a walk, um, she hadn't been so impressed with me because she said I'd walked her too far. And we'd probably walked about half as far that day. But this day, we were loving what we're doing. We had a vision for what we're doing. And so it didn't feel like a sacrifice at all. And as we have a vision, as we see the impact, as we love people and as we love God, then it feels like nothing. I, I didn't notice that I was barefoot. Um, Nicola didn't notice that she was in flip-flops. We didn't notice how far we had gone because we had a vision and because we loved what we, we loved what we're doing. And Paul and Silas were the same. They're singing and worshiping, singing hymns to God, praising his name. And God moves in the face of their perseverance, in the face of their enduring suffering for the sake of the gospel. And, um, and this is what we're called to do. We are called to do this for God. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 15 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. We are hard-pressed but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in the body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. So the gospel is proclaimed by Paul and Silas, by the way they endure, by the way they persevere, by the way they, they, they approach suffering, worshiping God in the midst of prison, after having been beaten, stripped, and their feet put in stocks. Jeremiah writes, Jeremiah 20 verse 9, If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart as if it were a burning fire shut up in my bones and I am weary with holding it in and I cannot. There should be a fire in us to share Jesus, to proclaim him, to come with power, and to endure and to persevere in the midst of difficulties. God gives us grace for purpose. He gives us grace for proclamation. He gives us grace for power. And he gives us grace for perseverance. And, and the, the impact of all of this, 
grace came to the religious, those people who kind of say they know God, but they're not living in the fullness of what God has. Grace came to the oppressed, the, the slave girl, um, who's broken and, and, and enslaved both to a demon and to people. And grace came to the secular. Just imagine how, how tough and hard the jailer was. And God wants his grace to come to the world. And there should be an urgency in us to bring that grace by going out there. Practical steps. Upskill yourself in the word so you are ready to speak about him. Another practical step. Pursue God. Pursue the Holy Spirit for more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, live lives that are radical for him. Live lives that are sacrificial for him. Live lives in such a way that people look at us and say, what is it about you? As they did about Paul and Silas. And when they ask, we speak about Jesus. This sermon is about us going to our neighbor. This sermon is, is also about us going to the nations. This sermon is about us reaching out to those who live next door to us, who work with us. But this sermon is also about us having a heart to get the gospel across the borders and across the world. And I'm just going to pray that we have a heart, that we have a passion to see the gospel come wherever we are. And uh, I'm going to pray that we pray and that we give and that we go. So won't you join with me in prayer. Father, where we have been selfish and caught up in our own passions, Lord, we repent. Lord, let us be people who are passionate to see your kingdom come to see your amazing grace come. Let there be a burning. Let there be an urgency. Let there be a fire in us to make you known. Father, where we are unskilled, Lord, we repent of, of lack of diligence. Lord, may we become skilled at, at sharing our testimony, sharing you. Lord, where we're not seeking you for gifts, Lord God, we, we commit to do that, Lord God. And, and Lord, where our attitude is one of um, conflict and pain avoidance, Lord God, forgive us, Lord God. May we be bold. May we deem it a privilege and honor to be persecuted for, for you. Father, may we bring your gospel with passion and with urgency, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you. As we reflect on the word we received, I am reminded of the fervor with which the early church spread the gospel through their sacrificial lives, with their words and with power. Something that is increasingly unpopular today is sacrificial living. Living for those around us and with the mandate and calling that God has placed on our lives. But I want to challenge each one of us today. What matters most is not our social status. It's not how much money we make. It's not how many followers we have. What matters is did we obey God, obey His commandments, and live with the mandate and calling that He has placed on our lives? Were we His hands and feet in the world? God has called us to be his ambassadors here on earth. So let's be those. Thank you to all of you who joined us for Church Online this week. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you are in need of prayer, please contact the number on the screen. Otherwise, stay safe, stay strong, and we will see you next week.